Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The text for our meditation this morning is recorded for us in Paul's letter to Titus, the third chapter, reading verses 4 through 7. When the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. Dear fellow redeemed, what comes to mind when you hear the word philanthropist? You probably think of a really rich person, right? Someone with millions, if not billions of dollars that wanna, wants to help those in need. And they want to help in a really big way. Maybe they give millions of dollars to a children's hospital or to an orphanage or to a homeless shelter or to a, a food shelf. And they really want to make a difference. The word philanthropist actually comes to us from the Greek language, and in fact, it's found in our text this morning in Titus chapter 3. In fact, God is referred to as a philanthropist. That word really means a lover of mankind, or one who shows brotherly love to mankind. And so this morning, we consider God as our great philanthropist. Why does... God love us? It's kind of a big question, isn't it? Why does God love us? A few days from now is Valentine's Day, and those of you who have significant others, whether spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends, probably are either expecting to write or receive a card, I would guess, for many of you. And what's that card going to say? What do you want that card to say? It might say something like this, I love you because you're so beautiful. I love you because you make me laugh. I love you because you're so kind and caring and compassionate. I love you because you're you. And we like to hear those things, don't we? We like someone to tell us that they love us for those attributes. Thanks for noticing. I try to be beautiful. I try <laughs> to be kind. I try to be caring. I try to be funny. Thanks for telling me again. But why does God love you? Why does God love us? The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 writes this, For at the appointed time, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God chose his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The terms used for us in those couple verses there aren't too complimentary. We're referred to as helpless, ungodly, and sinners. People really opposed to God, not wanting to listen to him, not wanting to hear his word, not wanting to do what his word says. That's the way we come into this world by nature. And yet it says that God loved us. And the reason is, ultimately, God's mercy it's not something in us that ca caused God to love you and me, but it's something in him. His mercy and compassion for mankind. 
Isn't that really the reason why philanthropists give all of that money? Don't they give money to people in need because they feel bad for their situation? They have compassion. They want to show mercy on them. And so they open up their pocketbook to write out a check. But God's mercy that he shows to us is so much greater than any earthly philanthropist. We can think about somebody that gives millions of dollars even to an organization. Maybe they're hoping to receive a little praise from it or at least a tax write-off. But God's gift is far greater than millions. God gives his holy and perfect son. That's really incredible when you think about it. Because he gives the son whom he loves, the son who never has disobeyed him, not even once. And he gives him that he might suffer and die for terrible people like you and me. For people that didn't on our own love God didn't on our own want to obey him, nor have we. Yet God gave his perfect and holy son for you and for me. What incredible love and mercy that he has shown us. God is also a great philanthropist, not only because he saves us by his mercy, but also because he saves us through baptism. When a philanthropist gives all of that money to a certain organization, word gets out. And people that are in need... They want to know how they might benefit, and they learn from others. So the big question for us is how do we benefit from God's incredible mercy of sending Jesus to suffer and die on a cross? The Apostle Paul tells us today, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul speaks to Titus about the, the method or the way that God's forgiveness, his love, his grace comes to us through baptism. As far as philanthropists goes, I think there's a number of reluctant philanthropists out there, and, and maybe you'd include yourselves as, as one of these. People that walk by someone on the street, they see someone in need, maybe somebody asking for money, somebody apparently homeless or begging, and they might say, yeah, you know, I really should give. I really should help that person. But, you know, in the big scheme of things, is it really going to make a difference? You know, I actually might be hurting them rather than helping them. If you think about it, what big of a difference does it make for us to give somebody a couple of bucks? I mean, even if they use that money for a good purpose, they don't use it for alcohol or drugs. Even if they use it to buy themselves lunch... They're still going to be there tomorrow begging for more money. And we know ourselves what's really necessary for someone like that is they need a change, don't they? They need a big change to take place, not just in their external surroundings, but quite often in themselves. A change to turn away from those drugs and alcohols, uh, alcohol. A, a change to have a different perspective and a different work ethic for many of them. But who has the time and resources to help someone out in such a big way? Well, what God does for us is change. He brings about a change in our own lives. And that's what he has done for every one of us in holy baptism. And it's called in our text a washing of regeneration and a renewing of the Holy Spirit. God gives us new life, new birth. He changes us who by our nature are turned against God, 
who don't love God, who don't want to follow his commands, to those who do believe and trust in Jesus as our Savior and want to follow him in his word. It's incredible what God has brought about in all of us. And he does this too by his grace and mercy. I think this is a very important point. Not only did God act in mercy in giving his son Jesus Christ on a cross for every one of us. Not only did he say that I pay for all of your sins there, he did more. You see, he didn't just simply leave us there and say, now find Christ on your own. Now find a way to come to me. No, he took the next step, the great step in bringing about change in our lives to bring us to faith. And he also has done that by his grace and mercy, by bringing us to faith in holy baptism washing away our sins, giving us new life in him. And finally, God has acted as our great philanthropist in that he has saved us to be heirs of eternal life. You know, there's many philanthropists out there that are very wealthy and probably among the high class. And while they maybe are moved to help those in need, they perhaps don't really want to come in contact with those types of people people that are sick or diseased, people that are dirty and homeless. Yes, they might be willing to give money, but they don't want them to move in next door to them, and they certainly don't want them to move into their own homes. But not so God. See, God did all of this, not so that we could simply be apart from him on our own, but so that he could bring us into his kingdom and bring us into everlasting life, to live with him forever in heaven. You see, God loved us so incredibly that he has done all of these things for us, sending Jesus, bringing us to faith through holy baptism in order that we might live with him forever in heaven. The result for us all is hope. We have hope. that We know that God is a great philanthropist, but he's more. He's your great philanthropist. He's the one that has done all of these things for you. And so if you ever doubt that, return again. Remember again your baptism, the place where God washed away your sin, where God brought you to himself, made you part of his family, and brought you Christ, the one that forgives every single sin. And through him, we have the hope of everlasting life. Amen. I invite the congregation to please rise. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are truly an amazing and great philanthropist in that by your mercy you sent Jesus to live and die for us and that through baptism you have made us your own and heirs of eternal life. Forgive us for our sins, especially those of taking your grace for granted and failing to appreciate your love for us. Help us to know each day that you have washed away these and all our sins in baptism and that we are your own dear children. Help us to live lives of gratitude and thanksgiving for all you have done. Amen.